Welcome to Living With Lifestyle, the podcast that brings you a wealth of information, inspiration, and support on every aspect of living with MS. I'm your host, Kelly Wright, and I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. Before we dive in, let me share a bit about myself. My passion for this podcast stems from my own experiences with MS. Caring for my incredible mum, who bravely lived with MS, and receiving my own diagnosis at the age of 30. My goal is to create a space where we can all feel connected, understood, and supported. This podcast isn't just about me, it's about building a vibrant community where we can share stories, laugh together, and even shed a tear when we need to. It's about supporting each other through the unique, individual, and unpredictable journey of living with MS. Get ready for a diverse range of topics from medical experts and health and wellness professionals, corporate executives and HR experts. We'll be bringing you latest research insights, trending themes and resources on how to manage MS effectively. I'm so excited to embark on this incredible adventure with you all. Together, we'll gain confidence, knowledge and empowerment to create the lifestyles that truly support our wellness and aspirations. Welcome to Living With Lifestyle. Today we are joined by Chrissy Simonyakis and she is here to tell us all about living with MS. And I, hi Chrissy, let's just say hi first before Hello. I start getting carried away. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you for saying yes. I uh, I think I begged Chrissy to come on the podcast um, <laughs> as she's such a player in our community and and I'm just going to tell everybody a little secret we have tried to do this so many times and today I feel like the universe has aligned and we are now connected (laughs) to share your story and to be honest Chris like I read your story with humor and um just admiration for you and also you know, it fills me with so much emotion of what you have been through in the last 10 years. And I'm really feel privileged and blessed to be able to bring your story to others who may be going through something similar or supporting people. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, tears this early in? What? Everybody (laughs) listening, we swear, we cry, we may have wine, tea, coffee, whatever we need to get through it. So um, thank you. Thank you. And I don't want to tell everybody, I'd rather you, um, you know, tell what you're comfortable with and yep. start um, telling us, let's, let's start at the beginning. And this is something that I, I heard. So when, when is the beginning for you? What did the beginning look like? Yeah. So looking back, um, so I've had an MS diagnosis now for 10 years. So 10 this year, um, looking back in hindsight, there's probably a couple of years prior to that 10 where I was having symptoms, um, a few little wake-up calls, but I didn't really pick up on them. So they were things like, um, you know, people always always accuse me of being clumsy. I trip over things. Um, I get pins and needles in my feet. I have a bit of vertigo. Uh, But for me, and these migraines with an aura. So, you know, I went to the GP and I just kept getting these headaches with like floaty fissures in my eyes. And I just kept getting 
pushed away, you're getting migraines, the headaches. So I remember the morning, I used to work in a, like a really busy nightclub in Kings Cross in Sydney. So it's like a really happening place. And I'd worked the night before till about four or five in the morning, slept and was going to lunch with some friends on that Sunday. And I got up and I felt not myself, like I felt a bit out mm. of it. Um, so I was like, oh, just have a drink and put some music on and that will kick me into the day. And so I remember sitting down having some lunch with my friends and something went off in my head that just said, hey, your feet are completely numb. And I remember saying to my friends, like, I can't feel my feet. Wow. And then I got this cracking pain in my head. Um, and I just said, look, I'm going to go home. I'm really not feeling up to it. The next day I had off, I called you know, went to the doctors again. They told me, yep, migraines, headaches. Um, and then on Tuesday morning, I got up as I normally would to go to work, jumped in the shower. And I remember coming out of the shower um, and looking down my staircase and it was like a snowstorm. Oh. So in my right eye completely was just whited out like, yeah. um, like the TV when it goes fuzzy. And I just remember saying to my other half, oh, my God, something's wrong. Like, I can't yeah. see. Something is really wrong. And I called my work and they're like, immediately go to emergency. Yes. Uh, um, and, yeah, I got there and I went to the hospital and immediately they're like, you've probably had a stroke. And I'm like, what? I just turned 30. So, you know, I'm meant to be in the prime of my life, right? And, yeah, they sent me for all these tests and checked all these things out. And then I got sent around to the ophthalmologist um, and you know, she was going to have a look in my eyes and this struck me as really weird. And it's something that stayed with me. She really nonchalantly just goes, Oh, you have MS. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, you've literally just looked in my eyes. Like, who are you even to tell yeah. me this? And what like, is MS? Yeah. And I was like, what? And you know, lumbar puncture later, MRIs came back and yep, sure enough, there was my diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. What a um, what a thing to go through, and what you, you know, you, you pray and hope that this never happens to anybody else. But it, you know, you, you're living proof that this diagnosis is different for everybody, and yours was put you know, put together by little bits of information. What did you think at the beginning? Because when I think about mine. I mm -hmm. just assumed that my eye was, oh, I must have scratched my eye in this in, in my sleep or oh I'm numb. Oh, I must have slept strange. Like what what did you put those those kind of symptoms down to at the beginning? Yeah. So for me it was opt so that was optic neuritis. But the thing that happened with me is my optic nerve demyelinated. Yes. So I don't actually have any function in my eye now. Like I've had scans and stuff done. And you actually have a look at it to see the blood flow and everything. So, like, I can kind of see a little bit, but I have yeah. zero depth perception. I'm not allowed to drive. Uh, so, technically, I'm visually impaired now. Um, yeah. And for me, I just I honestly thought I was just tired all the time. Like, you know, I worked a lot of hours. I partied a lot while I was, you know, working in this nightclub. You know, had nights out. I honestly just thought I was run down and burnt out. Um and I, I remember there was another instance where I had my feet, like just laying on the couch, got up, boom, hit the deck. My feet had gone numb again. Yeah. And I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, nah, just pins and needles. Like yeah. my body was trying to send me these signs, but my reason and rationale 
were just like, oh, no, this is just normal. Or it was making excuses for what was very clearly um, an alarm bell and I just didn't pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. And why, you know, I, I've tried to do lots of um, deep work why we do that, but it's it, it's really self-defense because no one wants to believe, no one wants to be that person to say, oh, I think something really bad is wrong. We just, we put it down to really common things like overtired, mm. I'm stressed, I'm burnt out, especially in the way that we're all working at the moment where we're going from burnout to binge out. It, it's, it's crazy that we're oh. not thinking, oh, I'm, there's something wrong here. I need to go and get this looked into. But you do, if you're listening to this and you, you're thinking of anything, whether it's pins and needles or you're just tired all the time, go and get yourself, go and get a blood count, go and get yourself sorted out yep. because the sooner you get diagnosed, the better. Time is brain. That's all I think of. Time is brain. And you're yep. even if you can't feel anything happening or you can't sit, of course, we can't see what's happening to our brain. It's like a fire. This It's smouldering and, and things are happening. So we're not trying to scare you, but go and get sorted out, please. Go and get yeah. checked out, please. Um, so, so let's, so, so the, the uh, you know, she was correct and, and you had MS. And then what went through, like what went through your mind then, you know, at a young age, how old were you? 30. 30 with a partner. Mm-hmm. What what was your you know your first thing that hit you to say like what does this mean for me? Yeah, so I'm actually so in a weird twist of fate, my other half's mother actually has MS, and she lives and she lives in the US, and I have the and so it's almost like a gift. Like I've been gifted this man who already knows what multiple sclerosis is, yeah. has lived growing up around it. Um, so, you know, immediately I thought of her MS would be my MS. Yeah. And obviously she's had it for, you know, we're talking decades here. She's in a wheelchair, you know, disease progression has proceeded because obviously we, she didn't have the medication and information that we have had, um, that we're so lucky to have all these different medications where I think, you know, she's been on Capaxone for a really long time and, you know, it's a little bit different. So my immediate thought was, shit, I'm destined for a wheelchair, like immediately. That's what I thought. That's what's going to happen. Um, the vision loss for me was huge. Like I, and, and this is the thing that kind of annoyed me, um, and I've probably got a little bit of like medical PTSD around it, was they didn't realise that my entire optic nerve had demyelinated. So in, you know, for the doctor's experience, it was just like, oh, we're going to hit you with some steroids and we're going to go five days methyl bread and your vision will come back. Yeah. And it didn't come back. And I had a new, like I had a number of methyl bread treatments, um, which caused problems down the track for me in other areas. And so as this new naive uh, shell-shocked kind of individual, I just was like, okay, well, these are the experts. They're the doctors. I'm just going to do what I'm going to trust. Me. Yeah, that's right. But I think it was grief. Grief was a huge one of losing that vision. Like I literally felt like I lost my best friend. Um, and, yeah, I think it was just not understanding exactly what it was and what that would mean to me. Like as a kid, I did the MS Readathon, but, like, yeah. you don't really talk about what that is or how that yeah. affects people. Um, and MS is, as you know, like it's so different to so many people. So I start reading the internet and, you know, <sighs> information 
and it's just overload, overwhelm. Yeah. So I was very overwhelmed, I think. Yeah. And like you said, the, the, the exposure that you had, your gift of your partner who's, you know, mum had been living with MS, that shows you one form that yeah. your, 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 you know, your first um, thought is that that's, that's me, you know, fast forward that that's me, yeah. but that isn't you because 10 years on from your diagnosis, like, and, and, and I don't want to laugh, but sometimes we just have to like, you've been on seven DMDs. Yep. And each, you know, until now, till this stage, and I can't wait till we get to the conversation of the stage now, but your journey with them has just been horrific. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm at a, I'm at a crossroad at the moment again now, like we're at another, another place and it, it freaks me out and I get really defensive and I get really yeah. angry because it's a reminder. So like, you know, <sighs> what did I do? I did. So my first one was Jelenia and I had to come off because it gave me skin cancer. So, okay, let's just pause there. So everyone listening, Jelenia is what you think is going to be the most easiest, great drug, drug to have because you pop a pill once a day and you think <laughs> this is great. Like it's a vitamin that <laughs> like you don't yeah. realize that it's a life-saving drug. It's just a pop the pill. But one of yep. the side effects is increased to a numerous um, of, of diseases and, you know, cancer is one of those. Yeah. And, and it was weird. Like, I'm very fair-skinned. Um, I'm always sun smart. I'm basically a vampire. Like, I don't tan for fun. You know, that's not my vibe. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, be studious. Go, you know, go get a checkup. And, you know, had one on my nose, one on my forehead, another one in my head. Wow. And, like, it wasn't until I actually went, hey, wait a minute. Where was, where's all this coming from? And then I yeah. went and did my little bit of research and in clinical trial, and I had to go through a white paper. Like this was not easily accessible information about the side effects, right? Like you're reading a PDF at three o'clock in the morning. Some study in America goes, actually, uh, yes, skin cancer, basal cell carcinoma is actually a side effect. Oh my so God. I then had to take that information to my neurologist and go, mate, this isn't a coincidence. Yeah. What next? What next? Yeah. Um, and then from there it was tech for there. Um, which gave I don't know this the, one. Tell me about this one. Yeah, so this is a pill as well, because obviously I wanted to go the the easiest route, which was least invasive on my life. Yeah. So for me, injecting was not like a first choice. Like I didn't want to do that. So this one here, again, you're like immunosuppressed or the normal stuff. It's a twice a day tablet. Um, but like you have to make sure you eat something that's like got good fats and oils or omega-3s. Um, otherwise you can wind up getting some really terrible tummy aches and problems. Um, but flushing is actually another symptom. Yeah. So really getting red flushing all over your chest at the weirdest times. So yeah, I didn't, I, and it got to the point where I was skipping meds because I didn't want to take them. So I do like one every other day, you know, I sub like prescribed so I was kind of just being a bit of a cowboy yeah. and then when I had my neurologist appointment he's like how are we going and I was like yeah I'm not loving this and he goes well if you're not taking it for the way in which it's intended then it's not going to work so let's yes. just not even do that there's no point yeah. in taking it um 
Did I and, do and can I just, you just said at the beginning you didn't you you know for the your lifestyle you wanted to take a drug that was going to benefit your life that you didn't have to change your life so much but then you stopped taking what you think is the easier option mm-hmm. because of the side effects of you know hot flushing and the stomach problems and having to be super mindful right because actually mm-hmm. your your day is determined about about those drugs and your eating pattern is determined by those drugs so that actually affects your whole life yep for sure uh and then I did Obagio which was another med I was immediately I was immediately allergic to that um but when I took it like hives you know body pains aches all the things and I remember my neuro just going oh look there's an adjustment period some of these are minor side effects and so for two weeks I stayed on it being allergic to it, not knowing at I'm that like time. I'm like itching thinking about I it. I know. It was the worst. I was like, uh, again, it like just, I was just like, I do not accept that this is my new normal and that I'm going to take a medication that's going to give me all this other stuff. So I had to come off of that because I was allergic. Um, and then I went rogue for a little while. Like I was, I felt really defeated yeah. and I was just like, you know what? I'm not doing meds anymore. I'm going to go and I'm just going to have a couple years of giving my immune system, you know, the ability to bounce back from being immune compromised. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just see what happens. And I think my diagnosing neurologist isn't the neurologist I have now. I went through five neuros because again, I didn't find somebody. I couldn't find somebody who was on my side, yeah. who was open to talking about natural therapies Um I didn't want to just do medication. I wanted to look at vitamins and what else is my body deficient in and how can I eat and what other things I could do as a 360 strategy. And a lot of them were just like, nope, this is all it is. You have to do this. There's no other way of doing it. I'm the expert and that's it. And I was just like, no, we're not going to vibe. I'm not about this energy. I need somebody who's on my team. Um, yes. who's actually going to listen to what I'm saying. It's and a like, partnership, right? It's a true yeah. partnership. Like it's it's a consultation. It's discussion. It's, you know, got to be fit for purpose. Yeah, the big, the big kicker was I had a relapse, was hospitalised over Christmas, and obviously over the festive period they scale back staff. And so my simple question was this. Will I be on three days or five days of methylpred? I just need to know how long I'm going to be here because I have a business to run. And nobody could give me an answer. And I don't know if you've done steroids before, Kelly, mm-hmm. but, like, you get angry. Like, road rage and being the Hulk is, like, oh, totally I'm a thing. I'm a kite on them. I love it when I'm on them, but the calm <laughs> down for me is, like, it's withdrawal. Yeah, so being on a ward... And I was on the neuro ward, which is locked because obviously there are patients that might have some confusion or a brain injury. So they need to keep people in check. But for me, I was just like, I felt like I was being held there against my will, right? People yeah. were communicating with me. I hadn't been sleeping. I was hopped up on this drug. I literally had, um, and I remember um, the registrar, I could hear her talking on the phone to my neuro, the neurologist. And I had just heard her say she's being really difficult and um, unreasonable and I, I something clicked in my oh. mind, right? I lost it. And I literally had a, a, a psychosis. I remember 
being in my body, but I wasn't in control. Yeah. And I could was looking through my eyes, but it wasn't me. Like I had yeah. zero control over everything. And I ended up taking the IV out, basically telling them, like, if you do not let me leave, I will scream the ward down. Unlock yeah. this door. Let me go home. And so they eventually let me leave. And I remember the neurologist calling me and goes, you know, you're you're being like a spoilt brat and, you know, you're you're acting in which I go, mate, I literally had one question. There was zero empathy or respect shown to me. Yeah. Just answer my question. And he goes, well, I said, if any of my staff spoke to one of my clients, the way which your young registrar doctor did about me, and I just happened to hear her, my staff would be fired. Yeah. And I just said to him, you know what? We obviously have very different values. Um, you're fired. I literally said that to him. You're fired. I said, I get to decide where my money goes and my money's not going to you. I choose not yeah. to shop with you. So, yeah. and after that experience, like that was just, I was so burnt and discouraged. I was just like, nah, no drugs, no neurologists for a while. Um, so how long had it. this been? So where are we at now? So how many years after, after diagnosis? Because now we're, uh, we, we've done three DMDs, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so three and then I went rogue for a couple of years yeah. and then I relapsed and then I was like, oh, crap. Okay. So you for me, alone. you, you nah. can't do it alone. Nah. And I remember calling the MS Foundation. And the other thing as well was like, having a chronic illness is expensive. Like there are so many out-of-pocket expenses yeah. that you, and I run my own business and so I'm not eligible for any healthcare card or anything else. Mm -hmm. So for me, or I was, and I was starting a business. Like when I got my MS diagnosis, I actually quit my job because I was working for this really unsupportive big boys club toxic company who wouldn't even give me time off to go to doctor's appointments, even though I had annual leave. Like I was just like, I can't be around here if no. I'm going to survive. Like I need to get out. So for me, when I was going to the neurologist unbeknownst to me before I was paying out of pocket, like $500 a year, $300 a year. So when I got to that relapse, I was in tears and my, my best friend said, just call the MS foundation. Like just call them. Yeah, And so I remember I got, you know, the welcome pack on the magnet on my fridge, like, hey, yeah. here's what we're here for. Yeah. And so I called them and I got this lady and she goes, you know, we have MS clinics, right? And I said, no. And she's like, there are doctors that you can see that you don't have to pay for. Um, there's a waiting list and you have to attend all sessions. You can't, they give you a three strike period. No going rogue. To, nah. And then you also have to participate in... Uh, some surveys and I was like oh yeah I love data like I can totally give everyone my details like sign me up and then that's how I found my now neurologist who I've probably been with for about seven years now yeah um and he's awesome he's a professor of neurology he challenges me he's kind and supportive but I still have this I still have in my head every time before I go and have an appointment with him I run through what I think the conversation is going to be in my head and my yep. partner's like, nope, you're doing this. He's the good guy. Remember, he's the good guy. So, but yeah. that's that that little bit of PTSD I have because I had that really terrible first interaction with a, a neurologist. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And it's funny you say that because I um 
I I really respect my neurologist. I I really in, not enjoy, but you know I'm grateful mm-hmm. <laughs> to, that that I've got some good. But it's the worst day of my life. Every time I go, I am a shell of my personality. You wouldn't even know me there because mm-hmm. it's the realization that you're living with a chronic illness that you have no control over, and yeah. although. People don't have MS that they're like, oh, are you feeling better? You're like, babe, I don't don't know what feeling better is because my life, I don't know who I used to be. I do not know how it feels to be yesterday, last month, let alone Mm -hmm. 15 years ago. I have no idea what my feet feel like. I have have no idea what it feels like to go to the toilet, like, because it's all bloody numb, right? So I have no idea. But you can't ask me like, oh, is, is the medicine kicking in? I'm like, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Who knows? So when yeah. you go to, to him, for me, that's the only thing in my mind or how I process my MS that confirms I have it. Yeah. And when he tells you something, you've got to change. Like I don't just cry. I sob and I grieve and I go through the whole remit of emotions because sometimes I feel like that's my only outlet. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like it's healthy to process in that way. Um, and, I, and and you said that key word again, it's that grievance. And, like, it's it's so necessary to have that space to do that for yourself, if not anyone else. Yes. And, you know, like I'm, for the most part, I'm pretty upbeat about the whole thing. Like I'm very motivated. I'm very driven. I don't let it like, you know, bring me down. Like, you know, I, I have this, this thing that if I'm going to feel sorry for myself and have a bit of a pity party, it's 20 minutes, right? Yeah. 20 minutes, cry in the shower, eat those chips, whatever needs to happen. And once I'm done, I'm like, all right, moving on. Because moving on, yeah, we're, yeah, we just got to process, but we can't live there because otherwise we just we get depressed and yeah, it's a sad, lonely place to be, and I don't want to live my life like that. No, do you know what I do? Like when I'm having my pity party, I will put on the saddest film, like the saddest film, like at what's the moment. Film? What I what can't watch again is that bloody um, oh, what's the wishing the, the star one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? Uh, yeah, like that the got me born. right. So if I ever is? need yeah. to cry, like put that on, and when the dog finds him, oh my god, like I sob my heart out, and then I'm okay because I'm like, well, I'm still alive. My That's dog's so still healthy. All is well. <laughs> I do that too, but mine is Beaches from like. Oh, I love it. I know it's so sad, but I'm like, if I'm gonna have a sad sob. I'll just put beaches on and yeah, yeah at the end. I put uh, something yeah, on to bring been... the emotion out. Like it's it's again because we and and I'm I'm saying we the collective and hopefully you feel the same, but I, I think we we are so strong all the time. We have, you know, we just it's the character that we play. So even sometimes when we do feel sad, let down, depressed, angry, every other emotion, it doesn't come up because we've pushed it aside for so much. So sometimes we have to put something on, which is a trigger to make us cry. What's funny, because a friend of mine asked me last night, like I was just having a chat with her and she's like, hey, how you going? And I was like, yeah, I'm really good. How are you? And I was like, actually, no, I'm not really good. Like that's just my automatic response because 
I don't want to burden people with actually telling them like how shit things are. Yeah. Um, and then I have to go into it and then they'll say something like, Too oh, well, I hope you feel better. Like it's a whole thing that I just avoid, right? Yeah. Um, you know, how's your health? Yeah, it's fine. But like I just can't get into it because yeah. I'll be there all day with people. Yeah. And when you actually tell them like the crazy things that do happen for your health, they wouldn't fucking believe it anyway, to be honest. I know. I know. It's wild. Like I've had so many wild things happen. And like one of the one of the really good medications I was on was this drug called Zimbrita. Um, and so it was awesome. It was like a self-loading pen. Um, it was an easy jab into the leg. And like I have no feeling in my thigh. So I'm like, Beauty, I'm not going to feel this at all. Like it best. And so I did that. And it was of all the drugs I've taken to date, that was the one that I felt like I had a little bit of my old life back. Wow. My energy levels were awesome. I felt really independent. I had mental clarity, no brain fog. Yeah. And then it was a Friday afternoon and I was due to do my meds on a Monday morning and, yeah. you know, pick it up from the pharmacy. Um, I'm part of all of these MS groups on Facebook, like everybody is. Yeah, that and... you see me posting regularly in and a yeah. response. <laughs> I'm like, hey, girlfriend. Um <laughs> And somebody just said, hey, I just got a phone call from my neurologist. Zinbrita has been withdrawn from the market. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm meant to do my meds on Monday. And so I call my pharmacist and they're like, yep, we can't dis- we can't give you the medication because the TGA have just re- withdrawn it. And nobody was around to talk to. Um, there was, you know, the pharmaceutical company don't have – and after hours, of course, like they don't want to talk to you when you're in a crisis. And for me, I just went into this, how could you take away the one thing that is finally working from me, for me and other people? And I went into this like really deep depression, like I called Lifeline because I just got to the point where I was just like, how am I going to be resilient that every time something might work for me, it just then gets taken away. Like right. it's like being in an abusive relationship. Like you're told one thing, everything's great, and then boom, something's mm-hmm. taken away that's working for you. And I, I literally did. I called Lifeline um, because I was just like, I don't know if I can continue to live like this, that things will come and be taken away and where am I left again? I'm just yeah. this little human. And, you know, I on the, for that weekend, like I had to go on a mental health, like, you know, watch. Um, I had to, I had, sorry, this makes me a bit emotional. I had to get um, the mental health clinic to call me. So they call me every day. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to eat. I w- couldn't get out of bed. Um, was really just had no hope. Like I just felt that I had no hope and, you know, started taking antidepressants, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Um, but when, when the nurses would call me, like I, I just couldn't do anything for myself. Like I just had given up all hope and despair. And like something as simple as having a shower was too hard for me. Yeah. Um, you know, working, forget about it. Like that wasn't even an option. Um, and I just remember her I remember I had to put reminders in my phone to go to the bathroom to eat. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I still remember this when I get busy. Like, if you do not eat you will have no energy. And if you don't have any energy, you're going to fall and hurt yourself. Like yes. 
that was that was the message I had to tell myself. And so if I ate something, I would then be okay to go, okay, cool, I've cleared that level like a video game. Yeah. All right, the next thing, drink some water, go to yeah. the bathroom. Like, And I still have... I still have like a thousand reminders in my phone that I sometimes will turn back on again as a mental health, like coping yeah, mechanism. Check in. Yeah. Eat, drink. Are you going to bed now? Have you taken your meds? Um, but yeah, that was like a really tough time for me because again, I was back to the drawing board of having to start another medication again. Yeah. And I was just over it. Thank you for sharing like that. It's uh, yours. Uh, and uh, I can say you're brave, you're correct. You, you know that you're brave, you know that you're courageous and I don't want to sound anything but, you know, heartfelt that you sharing that will impact so many others. And yeah. when we get onto you now as a person and the things that you have achieved to date in your life since that moment, you know, you should be so fucking proud of yourself because <laughs> you... you even listening to, and you know, I, I normally sum up at the end, but like even listening to you, you are not someone who settles. You are not someone who, you know, has the fear of doctors when they say this is what you're going to do. You know what's wrong and you know what's right. You can feel it in your your men, you know, your your own compass. Yeah. And that's you know, if anyone listening to this, to, that's what people need to take away is that you know when it's wrong and you know when it's right, and. Yeah you know, asking for help is such a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it. It takes a freaking village. You cannot do it on your own. And if you don't want to have medicine and you don't want to do that and you want to look at alternative, that's completely fine. But have a mechanism around you that supports because if something happens to you, people mm -hmm. need to know how to support you. For sure. And, like, I go to the doctors now and I'm sure he, like, dreads me coming. <laughs> like, I, I'm i very resourceful. And so I found his email address online. Oh, so my God. I, I email him, like, whenever I have a question or whatever. Um, and I call him and, – and this is a really important thing for me. Like, I own a marketing company, so, like, people outsource their needs to my team. So the way in which I look at my health is I'm outsourcing to my team of experts, yeah. so physio, chiropractor, dietitian, you know, neurologist. They're all in my team. So I have yes. to trust the process yeah. or tweak the team. And I just remember, yeah, sending him an email. But I, I address him by his first name. Like, I'm calling him professor. I'm not calling him doctor. Like, mate. We're going to be on the same level. Yes, you've got the qualifications or whatever else, yeah. but, like, treat me as a human first and I will treat you as a human and then there's respect that has to be earned. Yeah. And I always call him. I'm like, hey, Ron, how you going? Oh, Chrissy. And and we've just created this really nice dynamic. Partnership. Um, yeah, it is a partnership. And you're very right about that gut feeling. Like, if something seems off, your, your brain's sending you a message. You know, our brains are a little bit confused, but that's that feeling, that strong, strong feeling of that gut intuition. Like I feel like if I'd maybe listened to it more at the beginning, yes, I might still have my vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I hadn't just brushed that off, I could still yeah. see maybe. Yeah. But look, where you are now, and let's talk about now, right? Because mm -hmm. 
when I <laughs> when I first started speaking to Chrissy, I said, "Can you send me your bio, like just so I can?" And I was just like, "Oh my god, this woman is a freaking powerhouse, right? <laughs> you own, you know, you've started multiple movements, multiple organizations. Like I just saw you on your social media today. It's like I have to stop taking new customers because I'm fully booked, right? The, the application <laughs> is rejected because I got too much stuff going on. So." Let's talk about the medicine that you're on now. And I know you've mm-hmm. said you're at a crossroads, but what's the impact that it's had on you, you know, mentally and physically? And then yep. let's go into, you know, y- your business empire. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm currently on a medication called Casimta. So I did Ocrevus. So yeah. I did, so after Zimbrida, just quickly, I did um, Rebif, which I hated. I did it was Rebif, terrible. Yeah. I had convulsions if the like medication wasn't the right temperature yeah. and yeah um yeah just all sorts of terrible things so I went I had to go and rebiff to stabilize myself because I asked about Ocrevus but it wasn't on the market yet there wasn't a protocol for it yes I loved Ocrevus I don't know you're on it um for me it was awesome once every six months the yeah. best my second uh, one's on Thursday Ah, exciting. I miss yeah. those days because it was a day off for me. I loved going and having the infusion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I kept getting infections, so I had to come off. It wasn't yeah. for me. But I had a good three years on that. Like, I That's really, really did love it. Yeah, I really did love it. Um, and then, yeah, went on to Casimta. So that's mm-hmm. just a once in once a month jab. So yeah, similar seen to that, the like, pen. Zimbrata. Yeah, super simple, like just like an EpiPen. And then that was good, but I relapsed. Oh, um, whilst on the medication. So I had one relapse, but then about, I want to say about eight weeks ago, and this is when we all went to speak. Um, so we went to chat and I was just like, Kelly, I'm feeling really unwell. I'm in the hospital yeah. and I'm at the hospital and, you know, blood counts, urine samples, all the things. And again, very nonchalantly, they come over and go, oh, you're a diabetic. And I was like, uh, the fuck I am um I'm not like my blood sugar's always been great I'm really mindful yeah and they just said to me uh no you're a diabetic and so my blood sugar was at 26 it's to be it's meant to be between four and ten they tell me yeah mine was at 26 oh my like, god talk about a fire like happening yeah. in your body and you know stayed in hospital for a couple of days now I'm on insulin saw the diabetes specialist and she goes, we've got your bloods from 12 months ago. Never, ever were you even a precursor for diabetes. Um, And then I go, she goes, what have you started? What have you done in in 12 months to do that? And I said, funny you should say that. I literally just got a phone call two days ago from the pharmaceutical company nurses saying, hey, you've just clicked 12 months on this medication. And so, again, because my body hates me, um, it's triggered an autoimmune and I've now picked up another autoimmune, which is type one diabetes. Oh my God. Yeah. So how are we managing so, the diabetes? So you're on insulin. Are they looking at putting you on something? I don't know, like what's all in the news, like Ozempic or something like that. Yeah. So I'm on, so my blood sugar come down really quickly because I cut out straight away. Yeah. No carbs, everything, like nothing yeah. fun. Um, so yeah, did all the things and like my blood sugar sits around anywhere from three, like four to around seven. So that's like gold star. Um, I still got to keep doing the insulin and I have to take like a pill morning and night to help with that. And I'll see them on Friday to then figure out what's next. But yeah, Ozempic is next. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. My dad's diabetic, so that's how I how I know he's just started that, and he's he's in the UK. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. So at the moment, I'm like, was meant to do my um, Kozimta to like yesterday, and yeah. I'm like, nah, not until I see the diabetes doctor will I then decide. But I'm thinking maybe like Maven Clod or whatever it's called might be my next one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I said, can I go back on Ocrevus? He's like, no, nah, you can't go back. And I what was about, like, look at me. What about if you should? Um, I really <laughs> like, I really like Ty Sabri. Like that, it broke my heart when I had, I became JCV positive. So I couldn't, uh, okay, yep. I could no longer be on it. But then, you know, when I had to make the decision of Ocrevus, it was that versus Lamtrada. And I think, I'm trying to, for me, just wasn't the right um, choice. I know? agree. I feel like, I, and this is a thing my neuro said as well. He's like, you know, there are some other medications that are there, but like if things progress or things get pro- like, you know, ramp up and progression is, you know, easing. Yeah. We want to keep the things like Lemtrada for like the other track. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's his, his biggest concern yeah. for me is that, you, you can't just keep changing medications all the time. But in my mind, I'm like, no, I do not accept that there isn't a medication that it will be 100% effective yeah. um, for me and that the side effects are not going to happen. Yeah. Like, What about stem cell? Like ha- has anyone spoke to you about that? I, I yeah. spoke to somebody last week who had just done, um, you know, who not had just done but had gone through that previously. So, and I, I don't really know too much about it. Obviously we see our girl Selma, you know, yep out there flying the flag for us but had anyone spoken to you about that yeah so I actually know a girl um who's from my hometown um she actually has MS and went to Russia so she went and had stem cells yeah um but didn't work for her okay um so it was so again I know I shouldn't compare myself to other people but it's easy to do that yeah um so where I'm at at the moment I'm just like you know what I feel pretty good most days um like I don't know if I'm ready for that. Um, It also, and and then for me, I'm like, where can I, I can't even take a freaking day off. Like, how am I going to do a whole thing? Yeah. I just feel like it's too much of an investment that I don't have the time for right now. Yeah. Okay. And what about, so let's say, why can't you take the day off? Let's talk about you now, right? Because when, when I think about, you're, and thank you so much for sharing because I think you, you're you so honest and you're so generous with your emotion that's really, you know, impact our community. So so thank you. And I don't want to disregard any of that. But I also want to celebrate you, not Chrissy living with MS, but Chrissy, the entrepreneur who made some <laughs> tough decisions in their life to leave these dickhead organisations behind, you know, who didn't treat you well. And yep. you have started, you know, multiple companies and you, as I said, you've said no to new customers. So let's talk about you and let's talk about how our, you know, our community can help you and support you in yeah, this cool. aspect of your life, being a female leader. Yeah. Um, oh, that's weird talking about myself. Um, so, yeah, I I think I'm just one of those people that is always been really driven. Um, I, did, I did figure out through therapy after I had a bit of a breakdown. So, like, COVID happened. Um, but there was kind of this like storm of things that kind of happened. Um, I don't call it the breakdown anymore. I call it the breakthrough because it actually gave me so much clarity. So nice. I had, a, I had, um, you know, the trauma of diagnosis, which I probably never dealt with. 
Um, I had a friend um, who died by suicide. The bushfires happened and then COVID. So I figured out that what I actually do as a human, um, in order to protect my brain with dealing with all of this grief and all of these feelings, I use busy um, to burn out. So work, 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 burn, crush, and, you know, can't even. Um, so then I don't have to deal with these emotions. For me, I actually was then forced to look at my business and my life and then just go, I'm not going to. And during the pandemic, I actually got rid of clients. So I went and had a look at my client list and looked at everyone. And I was like, nah, takes too much of my time. Never asks about how I am. Only ever just goes into what their problems are. So yeah. I really, really looked at the people that I was working with and I was just like, do I want to, and this is a question I ask myself, do I want to pick up the phone when these people call me or do I look at their name and get this feeling of dread? Because if it's right. a feeling yeah. of dread, then A, it's not fair to me and I shouldn't be working there, but it's not fair to them. They should have yes. somebody that they just, who can support them and I'm not that person for them. So yeah, I had this massive, you know, cull, um, I worked with a lot of hospitality venues who were obviously very hard hit throughout COVID. Yeah. Uh, we had to do a lot of pivoting and a lot of changes. Um, I had to be innovative and creative on how I can generate revenue. Um, you know, we started writing letters to the Easter Bunny because I had these graphic designers and copywriters. So, you know, I started this company called Letters From and then we did yeah. like Letters from Santa, letters from the Easter Bunny, so letters good. from the Tooth Fairy. And it was cool to do. Like, yeah. I think we just did heaps of free letters as well because, like, it was such a confusing time for kids that we just yeah. wanted to spark a bit of joy in their life. Um, you know, so I've got my agency, I've got my email marketing software platform, I guest lecture and speak, I mentor and coach. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, my business now is at such a point. That I said, and I'm shit at setting boundaries. Like I literally have two <laughs> tattoos. Like one of my tattoos says "Nope" to remind me to say no to people, and my my newest one says "Self" um, to remind me on my wrist to put yourself first. Yeah. Like stop being a people pleaser. And um, Chrissy, well, this was one of the questions that I had from somebody when back when yes. we first connected, and and in your um, photo, I think you're in like a, a prom dress, brown dress with your uh, dark yeah, yeah. hair, and you have yep. a tattoo here, and that was their question: is like, what does the tattoo mean? Ah, so I actually don't have much meaning to my tattoos. I'm very creative, flighty, and impulsive. Okay. Um, I love things that look fun. Yeah. Like, to give you an example, I have a tattoo of a Care Bear on my arm. Oh, I love Care Bear. Um, I've got Disney princesses on my other yeah. arm. Um, but I think the one on my arm is, uh, it's got my grandmother's name in it, so I share the same name as my grandmother. Um, there's a butterfly, so that um, is, you know, I think at the time was that strength I needed to like kind of yeah, sort and change. Trans butterflies is, you know, all yeah. around change and transformation. Owl, there's an owl in there for family, and then I come from uh, a number of siblings, so I got the babushka doll to represent my like different siblings. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I go for tattoos all the time. Like I actually have a contra deal with my tattooist, <laughs> so I'll give him marketing support, and he'll give me a discount on my tattoos. So, nice. Yeah, nice. it's a nice relationship. So you have two reminders. You have self to put yourself first. Yep. 
a nope to remind me to say no. And and literally, I, I know coming into this time of the year is really busy for us and we're already starting to pick up. We took on some new clients and I just had a bit of a team meeting yesterday and I was like, I think I'm going to shut, I think I'm going to shut the books until February next year because I just yeah. want to service the people that I have right now and I want to yeah. love on them during a particularly busy time of year. Uh, I don't want to be working seven days a week from six in the morning to, you know, three in the morning, no. yeah. uh, particularly if I'm in the air about medication and a treatment yes. at the moment. Like yeah. we all know public enemy number one is stress. Uh, so I need to not be in a relapse. So yeah. the only way I could do that was just to say no new clients no, until next so. year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does the future like? What does the future look like for you? What what it what are you manifesting? Like what what is your vision for you know the next ten years? That's a good question. Um, so I think for me, like I'm pretty comfortable in my space. Um, from a, a career perspective, I think the next ten years now will be generating wealth, so then I won't have to work so much, and I can look towards yeah. like retirement and stuff. Um, I probably will never retire. I'll probably always still be doing something. Yeah. Um, but I think my shift now has been more to support mentorship and advocacy. Yeah. Um, they're probably the three things that I want to focus on more so. Um, right. And that's why I always, you know, I always will talk to anyone that wants to listen about MS. Yeah. Like newly diagnosed people, like very often I've got, hey, my my friend's sister just got diagnosed and I'm like oh my god let me talk to her yeah and let me tell her like your family are trying to be nice but they don't understand stuff just like nod and shake your head and yeah like go they'll just throw a solution at you they'll just say try this try that oh my oh, friend, yeah. uncle brother had this do that and you know the heart's in the right place but it's not that's yeah. not the advice or support that we need yeah that's what I just want to tell them straight away because when I was diagnosed, like, so I come from like a Greek Australian family background and for my grandmother who doesn't speak, she's like 88 now. So she just didn't understand what this was. Yeah. And I remember part of my consultation with the neurologist was I had to speak to somebody from the MS foundation. And they said, if there was one tool that you could recommend that would make your life easier, what would it be? And I said, if you were to give diagnosis information in different languages, um, so that when we could just give it to a family yeah. member, if English is a second language and they did, and I, and I got a Greek one done and yeah, I was great. then able to give that to my grandma. And then she goes, okay, I understand now. It's not just yeah. you sitting in front of your computer all day working and there's a problem with your eyes. Like I understand this is now a medical issue that you can't help. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I will always have time for people that have questions because you know, that's why I love those groups that we're in, Kelly, so much because if it's three in the morning and we're the only ones awake in the world, the UK are online because it's yeah. their daytime or America are there. Yes. And so, you know, you ask a question and you get like hundreds or even just one or two messages yes. and it might not necessarily be an answer but it's that camaraderie that you're not yeah. alone. And I think it's the connection, me, it's the community. It doesn't, yeah. those online forums, it doesn't matter where you are, how long you've been doing it, what you've been, you know, th there's no judgment. There's just, what do you need? Yeah. And I, and like those groups have saved me so many times. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but tell me, like, tell me your experience or yes, it happens all the time. So like, and, and I, I think as well, like 
one thing my neurologist said to me was, and this is always still stuck with me. He's like, I don't know your illness. I don't know your version of MS. You do. So Mm -hmm. you're the expert when it comes to that. So I'll be guided by you. Obviously I'll put up professional information and my recommendations, but at the end of the day, you're in control. Yes. And so I just, I just take it by both hands and go, well, if I'm in control, we're doing it my way. Yeah. That's such great advice, you know, and I think you are a testament to that, listening to your story of you understanding, listening out to the side. And once you were aware, right, that that's the thing. Once you became aware of, okay, this is something that isn't going to go away, that we have a label for this, we understand mm-hmm. what this may mean, and then you were not ready to settle. You were not ready to just accept. It's always, you know, I think we said in your bio around you pushing boundaries and you absolutely have done that. I just don't want to feel sorry for myself. And like we're at year 10 and like I use a walking stick, um, you know, mostly for depth perception. So I don't fall over. Like I've had a couple of hand breaks or an ankle break because, yeah. you know, I just didn't see stuff. And like, it's actually quite funny. Like I go out and I'm really colorfully dressed and my hair's blue and I'm colored it like tattoos. I like, feel like it's green today. I know you said it's blue, it but there's definitely <laughs> there's a green. Probably fading. <laughs> um, but like I see, I see, other young people with a walking stick and then they kind of smile at you. So then you, you know, like there's this unspoken or old people, they love to talk to me with a walking stick, you know? And that was for me, um, a big thing was actually getting the walking stick. Like when I initially first, cause I needed it. Like I got that numbness, like, you know, I'm not great on my feet. And for me, it was just like, I was so worried about what people were going to think. People don't give a shit. Nobody cares. Like yeah, nobody cares. People get up. They give you their seat. Like yeah. people get out of the way. Like in a, if I'm in a nightclub, like I just push people's leg with it to get them out of the way. Like, um, but don't be afraid to use like anything that's going to help your mobility. Yes. Like, yeah, bathroom chair, best ever. Like I yeah. love it now. I have, I call it my aromatherapy shower. Like I put some oils on the floor, love put some it. zen music on. Like I just embrace what I have yeah, um, and just lean into it a little bit more. And, yeah. you know, having MS is the best excuse to get you out of going to anything you don't want to do. Like, yeah, 100%. Excuse. Yes, I'm not coming. <laughs> my thing with MS is like because my feet are number, I can still, you know, I mean, going downhill is definitely a no-no. And my, mm-hmm. my motto now is shoes are not meant to be walked in. You know, they are just meant to look good. But yeah. I don't care how they high they are because I can squeeze my feet in them and I don't feel like a thing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so that's my, that's, that's my like, that's the, that's the silver lining for me. But one more thing before we go, right? So mm-hmm. for people listening to them, to, to us today, Mm-hmm. what is your biggest like what's your biggest land that you want to you know just put out there to the community so if anyone is feeling like this or this triggers or this resonates with anybody what can you say to them ask for help like don't be ashamed like chronic illness is nothing to be ashamed of yeah um just remember like you didn't ask for this to happen to you um, and you know, a lot of people have guilt and shame and I had guilt and shame around it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could quite often not want to post my photos of being in infusion or being in the hospital because then other people would say like, I hope you feel better and, and all this stuff. So I actually 
for a really long time was so worried about what other people Mm. would think that I wasn't honoring myself, but then something switched and I said, yeah, but now let me help other people that I didn't, I didn't have this when I was diagnosed. Like I didn't have this wicked support network. Yeah. So if I can help, you know, one person or, you know, there's a hashtag that somebody finds MS or a medication or whatever, like don't be afraid to connect with your community yeah. Don't feel don't feel guilty and do not feel shame like at yeah. all. Love it. Well done. Good. Awesome. Amazing. You're Thank amazing. You so like You're like amazing. I don't know about you but <laughs> I and and I know you got emotion and I to me whenever I share like the next day I'm always a little bit like oh I feel, I feel in one way this is a form of therapy for us to to talk about it because you know very rarely do you come face to face with people living the same life although it's very you know although it's different um so thank you for doing all of that and you know look after yourself for the next day or two wrap yourself up my dad always <laughs> says to me wrap yourself up in cotton wool and look That's after cute. yourself um That's so sweet. because you, so much, you know Ellie. our emotions are are, are important to us but thank you for joining us like I've really appreciated your time and your generosity and like I've said at the beginning we tried to do this three or four times and it all (laughs) went wrong but this is the time um anybody else if you are listening please um look out for Chrissy on I'll tag all of her social media in the episode notes uh like this follow this subscribe to this if I and I think we are still running an a uh, incentive that if you screenshot it and tag me I will be sending you a hat and Chrissy I'm going to send you loads of merch Thank nice you. little MS t-shirt you can wear with love well we're, I feel like we're just part of a gang like yeah we are this is we basically this is are a gang. we're a squad we're a building yeah. an empire <laughs> thank you kelly i appreciate your time and also You're welcome. important conversations it's amazing now i would love your help this is an important show and we want to touch as many people as we possibly can living with ms or supporting those with ms and i need your help to do that can you please write a review on the apple app can you share this podcast on social media by doing that we're going to get out with global domination that's what we want we want to create a community of people thriving with ms if you can do that for me the first five people that send me the screenshot of their review and the uh, social media repost re-like whatever it is you will get sent by me with love one of our living with hats in white with the gray logo or black with the vibrant orange logo how awesome are these hats and just by liking this podcast or sharing it and providing and writing a review on the app you will get sent one the first five people to do that please can you do that for me thank you for joining me on this episode of living with lifestyle I'm grateful for each and every one of you, our dedicated listeners who make this podcast a true community of strength and empowerment. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to hit that follow subscribe button on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you can leave a review or rating that will help others find the show. You can also connect with us on social media at Living With Lifestyle for even more engaging content and discussions or head to our website livingwithlifestyle.com all the links are in the episode notes thank you again for being part of this incredible community until next time keep shining bright and living life to the fullest
This is Living With Lifestyle, signing off.